Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. How many of you have entered into a relationship and just knew in your heart? that this is what you were meant for, that this is what God designed for you to do. And now you're living the dream, at least until you start getting stuck in the mud and facing the mundane things of life, right? I mean, you put on a good show, but you know in your heart that it's all a facade. You know, God knows you're putting on a show too. Others around you, including your family, they may not know it, but God does. Any hands? I mean, I've been there. Praise God. Well, my guest today lived that type of life. She grew up in a Christian home. She was figuring out what she wanted to do with her life. And she her goals were ranging from medicine to pharmacy to music. And she was going to go to a prestigious music school, but fell in love. And every Sunday in church, she told God that she was going to start to dive into his word on a more frequent basis. Leave church. Forget all about it. Only come back next week and repeat the same promise. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. I can hear you listening to me. Eleanor Williams is that woman, and she is on a mission to help you move from be you to you here. Now, to embrace who you are when you're not trying to live by anyone else's expectations and to step into the incredible story God has written for your life. She's the author of several books, including one by the same title, You Here. Fully alive, fully human. She has a podcast by the same name, you here, and a social community called The Blue House for daily encouragement, accountability, and prayer requests. Amen. She wants to help others to step into the plan and purpose God has for them and to have a great time doing it. Praise God. Help me welcome to the program, Eleanor Edwards, who goes by L. L, <laughs> thank you for coming on the program today. I do appreciate it so much. It's my pleasure. I thought you'd married me off to somebody else during your introduction because you called me Eleanor Williams. I thought, oh, my husband will be delighted or not. <laughs> but yes, Eleanor is the name that my mother and father gave me, but everybody else calls me Elle. Um, much to my mother's discontent. Oh, but it's such a pretty name. <laughs> but it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for making me feel so welcome. Amen. Well, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Elle Edwards? <laughs> Whenever people ask that question, it reminds me of a really old program, which British people will get. Cilla Black did this program called Blind Date, and she mm. used to say in this good northern accent, what's your name and where'd you come from? And I always get, oh, I struggle with that because I'm not really very good at labels. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I do. I'm so, oh, because I'm this sort of multifaceted person. So it depends on what hat I'm wearing on the day. But I am wife, mum, podcaster, author, community founder, 
um, all of those things really and 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 so much more because we're all you know we try and we try and sort of get put in these boxes and I, and I think that's probably why I struggle with labels so much is because we're not just one thing including God you know God's not just one thing he's so multifaceted and made in his image so the introduction you gave was brilliant uh and, and I, I love I always love hearing introductions in other people's descriptive words because it's just so good um I I am I mean, what you see is what you get I mean Amen. It's definitely been a journey, though, for sure. And so, like the whole thing with Yuya, if you'd have met me probably ooh, 15, 18 years ago, you probably wouldn't have recognized me, even though I live in the same house that I live in now, same children, albeit, you know, they're that much older. It's like night and day. And so, and so yeah, that is a big part of my story. And so I love that you highlighted that for sure. Amen. Amen. Now, I can tell from your accent, you're not from South Carolina. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> South I'm Wales, all right. South Wales, yeah. I'm from a town with too many consonants called Fenethley that I'm not going to try and ask any of you to pronounce because it's a good Welsh word. But yeah, I'm from South Wales. So if anybody knows where Swansea is, I'm about 20 minutes west of Swansea. But if you get as far as Pembrokeshire, then you've gone too far. <laughs> Amen. Oh, just to be clear, explain the phrase Yuria for us. <laughs> So for the longest time, I thought Yuya was simply about you being the person God created you to be. Or as we're exploring this year in the Blue House, the leader God created you to be. However, back in, I think it was April 2021, a Holy Spirit said, ask me for an acronym. He knows I love language. And because it was his question, I said, "Okay, could I have an acronym, please? He said, yes, Yuya is you, the person I created you to be, plus I-E-R. I said, "Okay, well, what's I-E-R? He said, I-E-R is intentional expectant relationship. And so all of a sudden I had this new layer to unpack with people that yes, it is about being the person you were created to be. But if we miss out the intentional expectant relationship piece, then you're really just doing yourself a disservice. So of course, it's a relationship with your creator, you know, intentional, uh, asking God questions, expectant, expecting to hear answers, and then relationship, because that's the whole point of doing the questions, you know, getting to know him. He already knows you, but that real relationship like you'd have with your best friend or your spouse, or maybe they're the same person on a good day. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, that's awesome. And, and, you know, by having God provide that to you, mm. you know, it's for you. Yes. You know, you know, I mean, it's not something like, well, I think we should call it, you know, the, the blue hearts club. I mean, it's, you know, it's not something that you pulled out of the air. It's something that no. God dropped in your heart. Amen. Yeah. And I was resistant to it. I'll be honest. He told me to trademark it back in, I was right at the start of lockdown, I think it was. And I said, yeah, but God, nobody, nobody really knows what you here is. And I mean, my, my friends in North America, they struggle to even say it. You did it really well. I've got to say, um, but the idea the at the end, because of your accent, it's usually a struggle for people. And he said, well, don't worry about it. He said, nobody knew what a Google was once upon a time. I said, okay, there we are then. That's right. <laughs> that was good Amen. enough for me. Amen. I, I, I don't know if you ever heard of Christopher Lockhead or not, but he's, he's a big, speaker and, and teacher on on uh, how to develop your business and things like this. And mm -hmm. he has a teaching about you have to come up with your own brand. Mm. You know, like if you were going to make a new soft drink, you could say, well, it's kind of like Coke, right? <laughs> you just promoted Coke. Mm. Why do I want something kind of like Coke when I can just go get Coke? Right? For sure. <laughs> you know, he said, but, you know, when you come up with your own brand, it is your own name. Like we have faith casters, right? Mm -hmm. We got podcasters. Well, anybody can be a podcaster, mm -hmm. but only a Christian can be 
a faith caster. Such a good name. <laughs> so, so kind of like with the you were here. I mean, mm. that's something that God gave me that we're developing into the brand. Mm. And that's what you've done. And, and as it continues to grow, anytime yes. somebody says you here, they're going to know, oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's right. nice with that extra level to it. Since he asked me for the acronym, the yeah. number of times it comes up in conversation, like, what is this word and how do I say it? And what does it mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and, I, and obviously I'm not surprised because God's really smart, but it's just, it's just been so fun. Uh, and, 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 and I guess as well, it's that reminder that it's part of the process. Like I didn't have you here in its fullest expression back in 2009 or even 2014 when I first owned uia.com. But the way that he's unpacked it has just been delightful and 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 is so God. You know, we talked beforehand about if we'd have known all of it beforehand, then you know, if you'd known your journey with where you are so far with the radio, you'd have been like, oh no, that and, and I know that's true for me as well, because the Blue House used to be called the Itchy Soul Playground. And someone said to me, two separate people, when it was first being set up in its iter- first iteration, they said, you don't know what the what the Itchy Soul playground is going to be and I still don't completely know and I sometimes get glimpses of it and I'll be honest it's kind of a bit terrifying so I'm actually (laughs) quite glad because it just feels so much bigger and more than I can possibly like handle on my own but we're not meant to do it on our own which is of course the point but I love that God in his in his graciousness and just because he knows who, who we are and how we function that he just shows us the bits uh, you know, as we can cope. And some of us, let's be honest, if some of us had the whole big blueprint, we'd run off at a hundred oh, yeah. miles an hour. Exactly. Maybe it's just me, but it'd run off at a hundred miles an hour. Oh God, where are you? He's like, well, yeah, you know, not that, not that we would lose him or go faster than him. But for me, I, it's, it's like every single day. Okay, God, what are we doing today? What does this look like? It's all Holy Spirit led. And it, for me, it's made the relationship with him just so much better. Uh, and what we're doing is so much more fun as a result. It's like a great big adventure. I mean, there's days that and moments in days that are a bit rough and and nobody likes doing their taxes but like overall life is so much more fun than I ever it wasn't the Christianity that I grew up with you know and it's like just night and day and it's just so much more liberating so much more freeing and so much more fun yeah amen And, and you know with when you have this vision, like I said, if God said, okay, this what you're gonna do is gonna have this and this and this and you're gonna grow into this and this and this and you're gonna be impacting all that. If he'd have showed me that way back when, before we started recording, I was telling you about, you know, start your own weekly 30 minute radio program and I will grow it into this huge network that's going to have, you know, all this stuff. I just started working on the network back Mm. then, you know, and it would have failed big time yeah, because you learn one step at a time, you know, in, in the military, they don't take a private and say, wow, you know, you, you got good build on you. You know, you got the the chiseled face. You got the great attitude. Tell you what, we're going to make you a general and Mm. we got this war going on. You need to go out and lead these people. He has no clue how to march, let alone lead. Right. They have to go with the basic. Okay. Here's the basics. Okay. You Mm. got this down. We'll now promote you to E2. And then you learn a little bit more and you start training these other guys. Now you're at Mm. E3. We'll let you supervise this group. Now you're at E4. You're supervising the mission. You know, you got this task. You're going to go to, you're in E5. Now you got two or three of these sections, you know, and and Mm. they build that up. So over the course of, you know, 20 years, yeah, now Mm. you you can be a general, you know, you know how to do all this stuff. 
But, you know, and it's the same way with God. When he told me about the radio station, I was like, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) You've never done an episode of this show where you tell people that story. Consider this a nudge to do so because it's such a good story. (laughs) Amen. Amen. They've heard it. My listeners, they know the story. (laughs) But but let's go back a bit on your story. As I was preparing Mm. for today's program, you caught my attention with your origin story of being scared out of hell at the age mm. of 12 or 13. Can you share what happened and how that changed your life? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So I was born into a Christian family. My mum and dad are both born again believers. So we went to church, you know, to Sunday school, all the rest of it. And then when I was 12, we moved. So you've got, you've already gathered my accent is a bit all over the place. It's not, it's not definitely not from South Carolina, but it's not also <laughs> a strict it's not also a, not a strict Lathy accent either. So I was born in Plymouth, which is in England. We moved to Hampshire because my dad was in the Navy. Uh, and then finally, when I was 12, we moved to Carmarthen, which is in Wales. Um, and so when we, when I was 12, me and my siblings, we all moved to Carmarthen. We were going to a Welsh Baptist chapel at the time. Uh, and on a Friday night, they'd have a youth meeting and we'd all gather in this upper room. And it was great fun because, you know, everyone your sort of age and it was, you know, there was a boy I fancied and all the, re- you know, the usual stuff that you do when you're 12 or 13. However, on this one particular night there was this staunch welsh preacher he was either like morgan morgans or william williams he had a good welsh preacher's name you could pick him up and put him in the welsh revival he would fit in the treat uh, and i don't remember much about that night but i remember him going do you know where you're going if you if you die tonight and he really scared me out of hell that night <laughs> and so i went home and i prayed the prayer and I, so that's my scared out of hell moment. And I remember telling my parents and they were delighted and I was baptized. And I had a few years where I'd on a Saturday morning, I'd stand in the middle of the town square with people with guitars and microphones and all of that good stuff. I was really passionate and on fire for Jesus, but I didn't really have the relationship with God that I've got now because it was a relationship based on fear. Uh, and so what actually happened for me then, um, I fell in love <laughs> and got married to the, you know, to the gentleman who's now still my husband, the father of my children, who doesn't yet. Well, he's on his own journey with God, shall we say. Um, but I stopped talking to God. I got we got married in church uh, and I was still quite evangelical in as much that I remember um, telling his sister and her future husband, I believe God made the world. So in the right situations, I would still talk about God, but I wasn't doing life with God in the way that I was when I was first scared out of hell and definitely not in the way that I do now. Uh, and so I stopped talking to God, stopped going to church. And then we had our first child, uh, my eldest daughter, who will be 20 next month. She was a little tiny baby. By this time, my parents had left the Welsh chapel we were in. They were going to a different church in another town. And I started going to church again, really for a bit of company, uh, because my husband's a policeman. He works shifts. I know that you know a little bit of what that's like. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. I started going to church really for a bit of company because my mum and dad and my siblings were all there. I'm the eldest of six. So the rest of them were still all at home. Um, and God sort of did his thing. I mean, you alluded to it a little bit. I do remember every single week. I mean, maybe not every, but most weeks, there'd be some passionate plea from the pastor. And I'd be, yes, this will be the week when I will pray more. This will be the week when I read my Bible more. Week after week after week. And then suddenly I happened upon a Bible weight loss course. Um, Your listeners can't see you. I'm quite curvy. I've always been quite curvy um, because food tastes nice. Uh, And I've done all sorts of different diets and whatever. But I mean, <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, but I really do believe this is a complete God setup because He used the one thing that had always been a bit of a challenge in my life and introduced me to this idea that actually, and so basically the premise, I'm going to simplify it, but the premise of this Bible weight loss course was you can talk to God about everything. He loves you. Uh, and so if you're tempted to eat a Mars bar when you're not hungry, talk to God about it. 
And that was not the kind of relationship that I knew I could have with God. Uh, and so it, and it, this realization, well, if God loves me just the way I am, maybe it's okay for me to love me just the way I am. Because the piece of the story that we haven't really touched on yet was that I remember during that time when I was a young mum. So my eldest daughter was followed fairly swiftly by her, her younger sister and then my son. So I had three children at the age of, I don't know, four, two and zero, shall we say. So it was planned. That's how we wanted it. But they were quite close together in age. And parenting small children is quite challenging. Um, and it's great fun. But I I mean, I much prefer being a parent of teenagers now. It, you forget how hard it is. And so I remember at that time in my life, if I'd have gone to my local doctor, uh, my, to my family doctor, she would, she or he would probably have put me on medication for depression or anxiety or stress because I was trying to be this really good wife and mum and put an awful lot of pressure on myself self-imposed pressure really I mean I I mean I would maintain society to a point will put pressure on us you know this there's, there's we're told as women you can have it all and do all of these things and and all the rest of it but it was very much I'd always I didn't have great career aspirations I just wanted to fall in love and get married and have children <laughs> and so that's what I did uh, but I was just I remember being so angry and frustrated uh, to the point where I was like just lose it I mean my children thankfully I mean they're not children now my middle daughter's going to be an adult next week. So I'm almost a parent of two adults and a 16, nearly 15, 15, nearly 16 year old. But I'm really thankful they're young enough that they they don't remember me, angry, pent up, frustrated mum. So that was where I was. And then this Bible weight loss course came along and suddenly this realisation that it was okay to be a little bit eccentric. I mean, I, I embraced being a weirdo when I was, you know, 10 or 11. I remember somebody going, you're a weirdo. And I said, thank you very much. But somewhere along the lines, I thought that I, you know, it wasn't safe to be a weirdo. I had to sort of like fit in. Maybe like being a teenager, you don't want to sort of put your head above the parapet. Uh, and so I was really frustrated. And so actually what happened through the Bible weight loss course, I mean, I did lose a bit of weight and then probably gained it again. But actually for me, it was stepping into relationship with God. And that was my loved into heaven moment that happened in my mid twenties. And it is like night and day. And that was really the start of the UEA journey because I maintain that, I mean, I do have loved ones who are on medication, <clears throat> so I'm not completely against medication, but I also maintain there's an awful lot of people walking around with either labels they've got thanks to Google or from the doctor that, you know, for mental health things that actually if they simply just be who yeah. they were created Amen. to be, mm -hmm. they wouldn't need to have the, the medication because I think neurodiverse is one of the word labels we like to use for people like me. I'm a little bit ADHD inclined. I have lots of reminders. In fact, your system for this for this podcast was created for people like me. I must have had like three or four text messages, many emails, and it was on my calendar. So that reminded me too. I have this set of systems that God helped me create so that my kids always get to time to school on time. They always have clean underwear. Thank you, Jesus. You know, so we do manage life really well. And so from the outside looking in, like you alluded to, I look perfectly normal. Most of the people don't really know. The, I mean, lots of people oh, know. Yeah. They, in fact, now people know I'm a complete weirdo because I talk about it all the time, but they wouldn't know looking. Uh, and so that's the big transformation. And then it wasn't then until we had another shift. Uh, at the end of 2019, where suddenly that's where the IERP started. I asked God my very first direct question in November 2019, because I sort of grew up with this idea, like I'd read the Bible and had things leap off the page at me. Maybe people had said things like I'd had this experience of God speaking to me, but I hadn't really expected to have this ongoing conversation you know I was a Christian business owner but I wasn't being led by Holy Spirit and those are two very different things 
And so then in November 2019, I asked God my first question because I thought it was like super holy people or prophets or hopefully pastors. They were the ones that heard from God and they told the rest of us what to do. You know, that was Moses and the children of Israel. That was never God's best. Uh, And so then through a journey during lockdown, um, just which is a big, long story for another time, probably to the point where we are today, where I journal with Holy Spirit. You know, it's all led, led by God. And so I almost see it like as three parts of my salvation story, if you like, because if I'd have died, um, I mean, I would maintain if I'd have died prior to praying the prayer at 12, I'd probably end up in heaven anyway, because I don't know, that's a, probably a big theological conversation for another day. But uh, I was not in the place where I was then versus where I was in my mid 20s. And even to now, like I'm 44 now. So how was I? Was I 41 in 2019, 42, 41? You know, it's been a journey for sure. And I guess my encouragement for anybody is the same will be true for most people. Like it's, it's not like a one-time thing, is it? You might have a moment that you can identify as the day that you prayed the prayer or the day that, you know, but actually this is all about journey uh, and, and, and to where we are now, where it is much more fun and, you know, the different faith, like I say, to the different faith to what I grew up with. Um, it's just been a fascinating adventure, shall we say. (laughs) How did that change your outlook on life? Ooh, I mean, life suddenly became much more delightful more than anything because i don't I, it's hard to i i it's easy to remember how frustrated i used to feel um but it wasn't like an instant transformation it was a bit of a journey uh, and so i kind of almost gloss over and forget a lot of the journey stuff in my head that mucky middle bit uh, because now i'm at this place where everything's amazing and fantastic <laughs> i mean there's days, there's moments where it's not but i think one of the pieces that um i've done a lot of sort of if i could clone myself i would be like a neurobiologist or something because i'm fascinated by the way our mind works and so part of the journey that god's taken me on through some of the learning stuff around how our mind our minds work and they filter in things so a lot of the stuff that we do inside well not a lot sometimes some of the stuff we do inside the blue house touches on that and so how like the things that you focus on i mean god wrote it first philippians 4 8 or 9 i always get it wrong i think it's 4 8 where he talks about you know think lovely thoughts i'm i'm paraphrasing but whatever's lovely whatever's true whatever's pure whatever's trustworthy think about such things that's the reticular activating system that's your mind by by choosing and the more that you do it the easier it becomes and so for me now life is glorious of course there are hard moments don't get me wrong i mean like our dog died about six or seven weeks ago and that was really not fun at all we loved our dog she was brilliant um you know and i've been very fortunate at the age of 44 i've both got both my husband and I have still got both our parents. We haven't had to navigate that yet. Yeah. But I have to recognize that, of course, there are challenging things that happen. I had a miscarriage, not recently. Obviously, I'm 44 now. <laughs> but, you know, there are difficult things that happen. But my default position is, do you know what? God is good. Life is good. And yes, things happen along the way. But if you start with a, a default position of God is good, God is love, it makes it easier to navigate the challenging moments. That's not to say that they don't hurt. But you don't stay stuck there for so long. Whereas previously, I was just stuck in this, you know, feeling all the time. Um, And I had nice moments at the same time. I look back at photos. We know we had family holidays in France. There's pictures. But it's like I remember this sort of cloud almost. Uh, And like I say, the kids don't remember it. And I don't think my husband remembers much of it. Uh, But it's just it's a much more optimistic and joyful place to be living from versus where we were before. Amen. Amen. You know, you're talking about ADHD and all that. I was, I have ADOS, right? Okay. And as attention deficit, oh, squirrel, you know, <laughs> you know 
I love it. That's so I, good. I can, I can relate with that. But, uh, yeah, but it's a gift as well. That's why I'm such a good silver lining spotter because it's so easy. You know, the whole thing where you notice stuff, you yeah. notice the good stuff, you notice the lovely stuff. That, and so there is a gift to be embraced in it. The challenge, I think, particularly, and one of my nephews um, has been diagnosed with ADHD and he's on some medication because the school system, at least here, and I suspect it's probably the same in the in, in America, we can only deal with with children who follow this particular path. Right. Uh, and I understand that's because of the challenges of the system and et cetera, et cetera. But if you deviate from what they describe as normal, and I'm using air quotes there, which I know your listeners can't see, there's no such thing as normal. Normal to right. setting on your washing machine, possibly. I mean, my washing machine hasn't even got a normal setting anymore because there's about 15 different options. Exactly. But you know, the, the education system can't cope with it very well. And so we do. I've got another friend whose son, he only uses medication. He's a bit older. He only uses his medication like on school days because he knows it helps him to to stay sort of like, I don't know, just doing what they want to do. But it does hamper his creativity. And so on the weekends, he doesn't take his medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it, almost like it's a balance. You have to play the game when you're and I used to be a teacher. So I recognize that there is a game to be played. Yeah. Um but you have to sort of play the game, but then recognize actually there are real gifts to this. And so for me, it was about like those systems that I alluded to so that things are sort of where they, you know, I say meant to be. I mean, somebody, the traditional idea of ADHD is this sort of like naughty schoolboy. Someone like me wouldn't have been diagnosed because I don't look like a naughty schoolboy. Like I had good A levels, I got a degree, I've written books and whatever. But that doesn't change the way that our minds are wired. Um, but it is, I think, about embracing the gifts because they that then allows it. I guess it gives you encouragement for when things possibly feel challenging as well. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, I loved when, when you saw that, you know, you believe you can have a regular conversation with God, you like you can with your best friend. And I believe the same way. And it just, when I discovered that it just elevated my faith, you know, mm. to a new level, allowed God to work in, in my life and in ways that I couldn't even imagine, you know, you, and you begin having a conversation like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm, getting, I'm getting ready to go speak at a conference. I'm, gray suit or blue suit? Mm. Like, is God concerned with what color suit you're going to wear? Yeah, He's concerned with every facet of your life. You know, and that's, uh, blue. You reminded uh, me. Well, I'm going to wear the gray, and I'll walk out, and then God will use a confirming word to make me go. Mm. To my wife will say, "Don't wear that suit." <laughs> so, yeah, okay, I'll go put the blue on. This is what God wanted me to wear anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> I've done the similar thing. My dog, Molly, who, like she's going to live on thanks to podcast interviews like this. The number of times we go out, okay, are we going to go saucepan or are we going to go pond? I know you don't know what either of those shortcut mean, but in my head, I know it's this way or that way. And I'll hear saucepan. Oh, but God, you know, in fact, actually, the argument will often go, particularly in the winter, I'd hear pond. Oh, but God, saucepan's quicker and it's really cold. No, no, go around the pond. And I'm like, oh, okay. And the number of times I've bumped into either the friends I hadn't seen for ages, but I've prayed for people's backs to be healed. I've had conversations with a guy who told me he was an atheist, but he wasn't an atheist. He loved Jesus. He'd been hurt by the church. The number of amazing adventures I've had because of that one simple question. And you reminded me with your suit thing. There's something God said to me earlier in the year. I'm interested in everything pertaining to you, including the color of your socks, but I give you the freedom to choose whichever color will make your heart sing. Mm. You know, this idea, because otherwise the temptation is if we ask him questions about everything, which we can, and then we can almost get like paralyzed. So if I was to say saucepan or pond and I don't get an answer, I'm like, oh God, 
I don't hear anything. He's like, well, you choose, you know? And so sometimes there will be a particular, you know, direction to go one way or the other, but other times he's like, well, I am interested, but I also gave you a mind that works incredibly well. And so I think it's really important. We don't let knowing that God's interest in everything paralyze us and make us into these robots that have to sort of just simply follow commands. See, I would have been like, should I go short walk, long walk? Okay. (laughs) No walk works for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, but if you'd have met my Sprocker Spaniel, you know that would not have been an option. <laughs> Amen. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. I'm sorry to say we are all out of time for this portion of a truly marvelous interview with Elle Edwards. I mean, she has the joy of God all over her, and you can tell that just from this interview. Amen. I don't think either of us stopped laughing all the way through. Glory to God. Elle has been sharing with us all about being your own New Year. Amen. That That is a phrase I had never heard before, so I just had to get her on this program to share all about it. And she is totally dedicated to helping you become the better you that you can be, with God's help, of course, so you can discover your you-year. Hey, man. Aw, don't get me shouting now. Praise God. The good news is this is only part one of a great two-part interview. So I'll be back in the very next episode to continue this conversation. Hey, man, I can't stop laughing right now because I know what we're going to be talking about, and you don't. (laughs) But that's okay. Come back in the next episode and join us, and you'll be laughing too. Praise God. Till then, this is Pastor Bob Romani. Be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity.
Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.